Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziggler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, the positives and negatives from COVID-19, the coronavirus. We're in an unprecedented global crisis, of course, with this coronavirus. Nearly every American and human is being impacted. So I asked this short question on Facebook. Would you share a positive and a negative regarding how COVID-19 is affecting your life right now? Well, in just over 48 or no, I'm sorry, 24 hours, we got in-depth comments from about 76 people now. Uh, there's very little sugarcoating on this, but just some distinct threads regarding, of course, loss of money as a primary negative for a lot of people, uh, but downtime and time for relationships as a positive. It was really interesting to hear the candid accounts, and a lot of them were pretty in-depth. The question we posed what, is, what normal do you want to go back to? Is there any current change you desire to retain uh, or is it just going to be, let's let this pass and get right back into normal, maybe even at a higher pace of life. So I think you'll find both confirmation for what you're dealing with and inspiration for some benefits you may better take hold of and consider for the long term. Well, here are some great products and services. And then I've got Tom Ziegler coming to join me to talk through some of your comments. Well, Tom, there are an incredible amount. Obviously, it's it's always interesting to post these questions and to see the response. This one had uh, an amazing amount. Obviously, that question, what's positive, what's negative as a result of this coronavirus and the crisis that we find ourselves in? You know, even when we're talking before that, I didn't ask you, how about you, man? What's, what springs to mind as positive and negative for you amidst this? Well, there's... Um, you know, we talked about it on, a, on an earlier podcast, but I actually wrote a book over the weekend called Stronger. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's a mini book. So it's about 40 pages. It's, it's something that we're giving away for free. And it's exactly how to deal with the time that we're in right now, uh, how to deal, how to create a victory mindset in the toughest times. Uh, it's right around the, uh, the COVID-19 crisis, but really, we're always either coming into or in the middle of or leaving a crisis. It's just the nature of, of humans. Yeah. I've done about 30 or 35 webinars and video recordings this week. So one of the busiest weeks ever as far as personally reaching out to individuals and organizations. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's been positive. The negative is we've had a lot of events cancel. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that's just the, the, the industry that we're in. Uh, but also it's just the world right now. We're all staying at home. My, I get to see my daughter and my, mm -hmm. my grand puppy more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I don't know why, but there, she leaves her house to come to our house to get fed. And then she goes back to hers. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, so, I think we're seeing a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, am I glad this is here? Absolutely not. Uh, but, I do believe we all have a choice right now and how we respond to it. And there can be some pretty cool things that happen. Well, let's jump down through here. You know, and, and yeah, on mine, man, I have put some quality deep work time in on my book and message and platform. And that has been great being in the off. I've been coming into my office where I'm alone um, and the kids are just having a blast. Yeah. Uh, all together. I've got eight of them home right now and they, you know, there's a snowman out in the yard and 
playing board games when I come home. So that's that's cool. Well, we're going to hear a lot of these threads. So I'm just going to jump down through. Gregory here says, the positive is more time at home with family and still getting work completed, including virtual team meetings. The negative is seeing friends and co- colleagues in person, or I think not seeing friends and colleagues in person. Another positive is seeing posts of hope and encouragement from musicians I admire and friends who know the value of spreading hope. I, that feels like an all-time, well, I say an all-time high, maybe since 9-11 or something, Tom, to where we've had such an outpouring of positive message. It's like the you know Ziggler parade right now of I know. positivity. I've really seen this happen. Uh, after 9-11, there were so many young people, military age, who said, I want to do something, so they joined the military. And there were so many veterans who decided to go back in, Yeah. right? And right now, I see the same sense, uh, especially those in the coaching community mm-hmm. or those who have always thought, golly, I want to be a coach. They're actually, they've got the time. And the world needs that voice and that message and that hope and encouragement now more than ever. So I, yeah. I really see that going out to happen. Yep. Um, Jeff Jones and uh, Jeff Jones. This is that's not a, not a very uncommon name, but I know this guy. He was the lead drummer for Big Daddy Weave, a Christian uh, Christian band for a long, long time. But he says, "I just left the grocery store. I was sh- really shocked with the level of anxiety." that I felt when I first arrived. Anxiety usually doesn't affect me in that way, but it did. I had to make a mental note and purposefully relax and take a deep breath. I think most people have experienced that. My wife was the first one to comment. She went to the store and everybody almost acted like everyone else was a little suspect, which it's hard not to when you're thinking, hey, am I gonna get this sickness from you? But that is, that is, I've heard that from a lot. I think we'll hear that from more people here, but just this feeling of, Anxiety, call it fear for the sickness, for the economy, whatever. Put everybody on a st- unstable ground. So as we have this outpouring of hope we just talked about, that is a very real issue is the level of anxiety and where that's going to go. It feels like we're too early to see where that's going to travel at this at this point, Tom. I know. And, and you know what I thought? Because um, this happened to me. I was out doing the necessary shopping um, and there was somebody else there and my thought process was that person could be a threat (laughs) i've never had that Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and so it wasn't really anxiety as much as it was you know my radar went up and said Mm -hmm. (laughs) six feet or more and then one of the things that i've been trying to do is just to you know we're we're a little bit denser population area than you are so i've been trying to get outside Mm -hmm. and i've been wanting to take walks and then you start thinking, wait a second. Well, if somebody's 10 seconds ahead of me, well, we're, we've got our social distance, yep. but that stuff could be still hanging in the air. Getting the backdraft. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're right. It's weird. I, I went yesterday weird. to pick up, we do have 10 people in the house, so I'm not hoarding toilet paper, man. I sure don't want to, I don't want to run out. And I stopped by and got one at, at a store yesterday. And I just, I just felt guilty buying it. I just, you know, especially I think there's an old couple over here, whatever. I'm thinking, man, really, I'm, I'm, I'm not lacking for much and just felt a little little guilt. Well, Joe here says uh, positive. The nation, this is interesting. The nation's reporting elevated levels of happiness from dogs, at least double the usual dog walks and plenty of attention. Uh, and then the negative, he says, is the pre-grief wondering who or what may be lost. And I have been seeing that in 
you know, headlines, social media, whatever, Tom, is the, the issue of grief for what may come. Yeah, I'm in a little town. I don't know how what the stats are where you are, but there's nothing catastrophic happening here. We've had a case or two or whatever, uh, but what may come. So pre-grief, but that, that's interesting that dogs are getting attention. Yeah, so is there a level of happiness and joy that people are experiencing yeah. above normal? And it feels like we've got these dichotomies, these warring things happening that I'm not bright enough to, 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 to comment on where that's going to go at this point. We're, we're just commentating on what is. Yeah. That anticipatory grief is a real yeah. thing. Um, and it's, you know, it's not a good place to be, yeah. um, because we just don't, we just don't know. One of the things that's interesting for me is a lot of my college roommates are doctors. Oh. And so I'm friends with them. And so I get a lot of doctors feeds and they're all over the country. And it's, it's really interesting to see all the sides of it. And what I see happening is, well, I used to, the term I called for, uh, called it was stuffitis. I mean, we are a culture addicted to stuffitis and it's like every day, almost you can just like peeling the onion back. The stuff means less and less every day. Yeah. Yeah, man, that, that is, that is so true. Yeah. I had a call a couple of days ago with a dentist figuring out how to do teledentistry, man. You can't do a whole lot of dentistry <laughs> remotely. That's a little difficult. Uh, but yeah, he's trying to figure out what to do because their offices are closed. Uh, well, on what you just said, stuff, Diamandi uh, Roots, she says, all of my work in the entertainment industry, I think she's a, a, an actress or, or model or something, uh, was canceled through April so far. Thanks to Dave Ramsey, I, ha- I have no large payments because I pay cash for everything now. I am enjoying the time off to rest, reset, and grow my long-term goals. We're going to hear a lot about this. Some, I mean, there were other people that commented, yeah, this is, this is when the Dave Ramsey stuff really matters. This is where you know people are seeing right now what Dave Ramsey's been talking for 25 years now. Have three months of your, uh, of your revenue saved up somewhere. And if people have that right now, not shouldn't be too much anxiety on the financial side. So I think a lot of people are being hit about how tenuous, you know, the month, the month that we are. And I, I, I do, I do expect that as a repercussion positively, a consequence of this is that we'll see people for the first time, maybe really take more responsibility with their finances. Cause you look back at any other tragedy, you know, nine 11, that didn't have to do with our finances. That didn't stop commerce for the most part. And now It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, talk about. There's if you, everybody should hit up Dave Ramsey for a job. Uh, I, I bet his business is going to boom following this. <laughs> yeah, you know what's interesting is I've been studying, um, and I think we're familiar with the term black swans. And so this is a black swan event, and basically, a black swan is simply something that's unimaginable. Like it's never happened before. And it's just, it devastates whatever it impacts. Um, So it could be a war, it could be the pandemic, it could be anything. And what I'm studying is it's, it's very much Dave Ramsey's approach, but it's the idea that we should be black swan proof. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I'll give two examples in the financial personal finance. It means you have no debt. It means you have a, a serious cash reserve, everything's in place, everything's taken care of. And the income levels of people um, are are pretty good, but the choices we make and how we spend that and, and you know, 
delayed gratification. Now, there's a whole segment of the society that I'm not talking about uh, this. I'm talking about the people who who were making pretty nice money, but but choose to live paycheck to paycheck, right? Um, then we look at the medical side, okay? So a black swan is a heart attack, right? And the, and the crazy thing of our culture is when we have a heart attack and, this, and the heart surgeon comes in and does quadruple bypass and saves our life and gives us a second uh, chance, we, we give them all heaps and praises and we tell everybody about them. But when our functional medicine doctor changes our mindset and the way we live life, you know, 20 years before, and we start living a healthy lifestyle and everything else, and we never have the heart attack, that functional medicine doctor never gets credit. Yep. Right? Yep. And so being black swan proof simply means that you pay, you know, you invest right now before the issue happens so that A, it never happens, or B, if it does happen, you're ready for it. Um, and the, the challenge that people make and the way planners are and the nerds are out there is they do all of their planning based on the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. And the reality is, let, let's look at a flood, the worst flood that's ever happened. Well, it's the worst flood that ever happened because it replaced the previous worst flood that ever happened. And so our thinking needs to be around, okay, when I look into the future, what's the worst thing that could ever happen? How do I prepare for that? And then that's the, that's the dad, the Zig Ziglar quote, expect the best, mm -hmm. prepare for the worst, maximize what comes. And so it's really interesting that when you see the dialogue on social media, they're either all happy. This isn't going to be bad. You know, it's no big deal. It's just a flu. We're going to be fine. Or, it's, you know, the other side of it is it's the end of the world. You know what? Everybody's going to die and we're never going to recover and all that. Well, neither one of those are true. Yeah. Okay. And so I love that Zig Ziglar quote, expect the best. Hey, our attitude, our outlook, everything that we do should be upbeat and positive because we will get through it. But you know what? With a great attitude and a hope-filled view of the future, I'm still going to prepare for the worst because you know what? If the worst never happens, I still win. Yep. And that is, I want to point out, I mean, that is not pessimistic. That is wisdom right there. And I want you yep. to know, Tom, that was your message. And folks, if you're hearing this, and as he said, the say it again, say your three lines. Expect the best. Uh -huh. Prepare for the worst maximize what comes. Okay. That's the message. This is show 772. That's the message of a special show that we did 770. You gave that Tom and you really spent the first about 20 minutes talking on that. And I have not even told you, um, but the response to that has been significant. People were sharing the show on Facebook and talking about that. So, uh, thank you, brother. Um, you know, you know I, real quick on that, you talked about doctors that is very well known. If you, if you want to make the most money as a doctor, be a surgeon fixing the, let's call it fixing the wrecks, fixing the problems. It is not as much in prevention. We're doing our work to try to, to, to change that somewhat, but you're right. It's not in prevention. So you don't get as much money saving somebody's life long-term that doesn't have that heart attack. You make a lot more if they do have the heart attack and then you fix them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, well, that the book anti-fragile that I talk yeah. a lot about, he talks about a study where uh, two hospitals went on strike 
and they didn't do any surgeries except for emergency life-saving surgery for a period of time. Well, for the nerds, it was the ultimate case study. So they went back a number of years later and they looked at the patients who had all had their surgeries postponed. And what they discovered was that many of them didn't follow through with the surgeries yeah. that they had planned. Yeah. And that the average lifespan actually increased for that group of people. And that just tells you what happens when our body is given time to heal, mm -hmm. right? When, and so that's why in this, in this time we're in, the right mindset, the right uh, expect the best mindset, even if we're dealing with physical things and challenges that aren't, you know, COVID-19, maybe the delayed interventional interventionism that we deal with is actually going to suit us. Well, I remember, uh, our doctor, you know, I called up, Hey, I got a sinus infection. He's like, man, I, I'll, I'll give you antibiotics, but I really don't recommend taking it. Your body can handle it. Yeah. So, yep. Different perspective. Christina. She says the negative due to travel restrictions, I'm not able to return to my work and home overseas and both my work visa and lease there expire soon. The positive, I'm getting to spend extra time with family and friends and I'm experiencing the quarantine and the comfort of my hometown rather than a foreign culture. Yeah, that's, I, I've, of course, that's been a big deal for anybody with overseas travel relations. Wow. Um, yeah, a, a lot of, lot of, lot of devastation there, but then some good Michelle says positive more time with my spouse and son, no need to pay for babysitting when I work since my spouse is working from home, negative, some shifts at work were being canceled leading to loss of income. And that's a consistent thread. I do, you know, I was talking about this, this, this morning, this about this show and saying, we do need to realize that this is a skewed audience. Uh, these are people who are pursuing, everybody listening, they're pursuing self-improvement, pursuing personal development, and we're going to see different responses than the norm because there's a lot of talk out there. It's sarcastic, funny memes or just real life testimonials of the stress of now being at home and being in close confines with family and how, how, uh, how much, how many problems that is. Uh, causing we didn't hear i don't know we'll see here as we go through it i don't know that we hear much about that most everybody is finding a positive in that more time and i think it just speaks to the uh, if i can say that the higher relational quality of our audience and that makes sense again these are people pursuing personal development so it's a it's a gift to see that i'm, I'm blessed to see that tom yep me too and you know um it's a common, it's a common thread. And what I want to encourage every business owner, every individual out there is, Hey, we're all in this together. I mean, the bottom line is we're all in this together. And so some of the initial stresses were like, well, you know, I've got a lease payment to make and what's going to happen to my, your landlord, <laughs> who are they going to lease it to? Yeah. It just goes up the stream. So in that sense, and this is a great equalizer. Mm -hmm. And so that's part, to me, that's part of the silver lining is the stuff stuff is going away. And the reality is, is that the only way we win is if we all win together. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage everybody. One of the, one of the things about this that's unique is we are all in it together. That is maybe more true than ever, as this is absolutely global. 
You are listening to The Ziegler Show and another focus on this current coronavirus epidemic and how it is positively and negatively affecting us all. Well, next, a listener shares some significant business struggles and what this might mean for them and so many other small business failures. And then Tom Ziegler calls us out, though, to not let our businesses be our identity. Really intriguing discussion. So we'll start right back in after I share some great products and services with you. Uh, Michael here says on the positive side, it's like the old saying, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Losing our freedom to go where we want when we want has given me a better perspective on the little things. On the negative side, lots of stress put on small businesses like mine. Will we survive or will we lose everything over this? Many will, will lose everything they've worked for, and that's a hard pill to swallow. So, you know, on that note, it shows, I believe it was 769 and I did another uh, special with my dad, Dan Miller, talking about specifically small business and the impact that they are seeing. And I think most everybody's kind of back to the, just as we talked about with Dave Ramsey, it's one thing to have our personal finances saved up to where we can withstand a few months without income. But how about our businesses? And we are seeing some pretty catastrophic things with small businesses. I've heard of a good number of them who were probably in a tenuous place already. And this just put them under. They're not just going to be shut down for now. This is, this is the death knell for them. But again, I, I don't know what the outcome, how it's all going to flesh out. What is that going to mean? What stats are we going to see from that? More people, seeking employment because their businesses failed more business startups. Uh, again, that's not, I'm not an economist to that level, Tom, but I know you've seen a lot of this too. Yeah. And one of the things I want to encourage people, and this is a real, um, this is a real issue. Um, you know, dad came out and he said, he talked about the be, do and have philosophy. You've got to be the right kind of person, do the right things. And then you can have all that life has to offer. Now, the challenge is, is that in our culture, when somebody says, tell me about yourself, what do we tell them? We tell them what we do. Right. 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 Oh, well, this is the business I have, and this is the career that I'm in or whatever. And so we've got to be really careful in our identity, our worth, our identity, our value is not based on what we do. It's based on who we are. Yeah. And so there's going to, there's a lot of headspace being taken up right now with this feeling of, wait a second, you know, that's, that's my baby. That's my business. I've spent my whole life getting ready for this and it was just getting where I want it to. And, you know, and now it's being taken away. You need to be very, very clear. You need to, you need to tell yourself over and over again, Hey, wait a second. That's not me. Right that business is not me. It's something I produced and it's beyond my control. What's happening. All I can control is me. And so you can't, um, you know, Rabbi Daniel Lappin said this, he said that the opposite of depression is not happiness. The opposite of depression is purpose. Mm, Absolutely. And, I can tell everybody right now, your family, those you love, they're looking to you right now to stand tall in this furnace. And that will give you unbelievable purpose. Because as you walk through this, regardless of what happens to the other stuff that's going on, as you walk through this, you will influence and impact those around you. Mm -hmm. And that is purpose. And purpose is the antidote to depression. 
I, I love that. I want people to hear that who are dealing with uh, depression or even just call it despondency, numbness, stuckness, whatever it is, purpose as the, as the antidote. And you know, I, Tom, one of the best gifts that I got in my upbringing was seeing my parents who were always self-employed, but seeing them go after things and seeing them fail. That was the gift, not the successes. It was the failures and seeing their spirit, their character, their integrity, their morality, uh, their attitude during those times. Of course, those are the times when they were you know, copiously uh, consuming Zig Ziglar tapes and, and some other folks to keep their spirits where they should be. And that's what I saw. It gave me, that gave me faith on a silver platter is what it gave me. It's, again, I'm so grateful. So as people are withstanding whatever may be happening with their income, their jobs, or businesses here, realize one of the best gifts you can give your kids is to let them see your faith amongst it. That's right. Grove Higgins, speaking of doctors, he is not just a chiropractor. I will call him a chiropractor, a doctor extraordinaire, an incredible guy. He said the negative is having to be careful, extra careful and anxious caring for patients and worried for my employees' welfare economically and health-wise. So just worry in general. The positive is watching the families enjoying just walking outside on the street, which I barely noticed before, even on the weekends. I'm feeling uh, feeling so much hope. Uh, Yeah, that is a continual thread of we're forced. This may be the biggest forced slowdown since the Great Depression, I had to guess of, of overall. And Tom, my first inclination, just according to my nature was to say, man, I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm going to do more work. I'm going to take care, you know, take uh, advantage of the downtime. I have done that with some deeper work, but at some point it kind of hit me and go, why not? Why not slow down? Why not hang out with the kids and go build a snowman or, or, or do whatever? Why not with it? The culture's being forced. Nobody's going to miss it. Who am I trying to impress? And so I've been kind of walking that the deep work, Cal Newport, deep work, doing really, really uh, uh, valuable, important work, kind of the back to the Stephen Covey quadrants of important and urgent. What a great time. And I know there's been a little bit of kickback because we've heard some people in the personal development world say, man, this is the time to go create your magnum opus, you know, and and for a lot of people, it's, it's hard to make that switch all of a sudden and go create something dramatic, write your book. I've seen a lot of things about these great works of our historical times that were created in depressions that were created in quarantine. Well, that's great if you do, but if that feels like a lot of pressure too, what a great time though, to do the deep work, to set out your goals, to look at the changes now and to say, gosh, what do I want to continue being changed from this? Do I want to protect my family time more? Do I want a less hurried life? Uh, going back to boy, it's, I'm going to guess maybe show six sixty seven. I don't right in front of me, the show that I did with John Mark Comer on his book, the ruthless elimination of hurry. Well, this is, uh, this couldn't be a better time for that message because we're forced to eliminate the hurry, but do we want to go back? Do we want this to end and just boom, go back, maybe even go back harder and faster? I don't think I do, Tom. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I'm thinking about this, uh, this reality, it reminds me what I read in uh, the book, getting things done. And I think this is a perfect time for this. Spend a day, um, writing all the things down that you got to get done, right? Just write them down. And of course, 
for those of us who can't work because of the type of job that we do or whatever, uh, you write all that stuff down and then you realize, well, because that chunk is taken out of my life, I got all this extra time. And so here's, here's what the benefit of writing it all down does is it, is it takes all the loops out of your brain. You know, the, the, I got to remember that. I got to remember this. I got to remember that. Well, every time you go back to one of those loops, it interrupts you. So when you write it all down, you get all those loops out of your brain. But here's what's really cool is when you take time to rest and reflect and just enjoy the family and you don't have to remember any of those loops, what happens is your creative, your creative imagination is given the space it needs to start working on what I believe are your most important things to work on your gifts, your talents, your calling, your purpose. And so the, the relaxing time, or maybe you just want to go plant a garden, the relaxing time of just planting the garden with all the loops taken out of your head, that idea that's been bubbling inside of you, it'll start to surface. But until we give our brain permission to forget all that stuff that we got to do, <laughs> which because it can now because it's on paper, it's hard to get there. So do that and then enjoy that extra time. Yeah. And then when you hunker down and say, hey, I want to do something, you know, purposeful and meaningful, bigger than what I've ever done before. Your brain is already in that creative zone and has that chance to do it. Man, I that is where I've been, Tom. I would say the creative zone. And, you know, folks, if you're not familiar with it or if you haven't looked at it again, I would encourage you to type in your search engine, Stephen Covey, urgent versus important. I don't know how long that thing came out, 20, 30, 40 years ago. I don't know, but that's the that's kind of the classic to look at that and realize so much of our urgent is gone. Going to work, taking the kids to school, the extracurricular things for kids uh, is a big deal for our family. Those things are gone. What can I put more time into and do I want to have it be idle time or do I want it to have productive time? I think there's again, place for both. I've had to really get myself to not say, man, I got to produce, you know, double now. Um, but to do a little bit of do a little bit of both, you know, here's uh, on that note, Tina cook. She says positive is learning a lot of new things so I can teach online also hiking or biking almost every day to stay mentally and physically healthy. The negative, I have family members who are out of work and are dealing with worry and depression. Back to what she started off with or the po positive. I, again, it's a, something that I'm interested to see what falls out. Again, we have a skewed positively listenership here who are more prone to do those healthy things. But are we going to see a segment of people like the population of our listeners who achieve more health and wellness during this time? They're not going and picking up fast food. They're cooking at home. They're cooking better food. They're spending more time exercising. But is there also going to be an, a downfall? Talk about the medical arena and chronic illness and disease and health and wellness. Are we going to have a lot of people who are now just spending the time binge watching Netflix and eating chips? And we're going to see weight gain and less uh, or, or and more ill health. But again, I don't know. I, I think something's going to something will flesh out there. I haven't even looked at those stats yet. Maybe it's still too early. But that will be an interesting one. But for myself, I have definitely invested more time specifically in running and riding and getting outdoors, uh, which for a lot of people being housebound is very difficult. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. what, you know, and on that here, uh, Daniel says positive. No one in my family is sick, negative. Nothing about my life has changed. 
which begs a few questions about why and what normal is for other people. Maybe it's good. I never go to bars. I rarely eat out. I occasionally hit the woods or mountains for exercise. So none of that has changed and work is exactly the same. Now, I, I, invariably, everybody's seen some of the content about for the introverts like myself, now, I'm, I'm not hating this too, too much for better, for better or worse, but man, for the extroverts, like my wife, she went to the grocery store the other day. She said, man, I just had to get out and she is a social person. Now, thank goodness. We've got a lot of people at home to be social with, but she still misses the Bible study and her work that she goes down to a couple days a, a week. So there's a very real issue for those people. Uh, somebody even said Wayne Myers up here. He says, uh, we miss our friends. We did an online zoom video conference last night with friends and heard all kinds of conversations comments about missing each other. The huggers are really having withdrawals again, very real though. For those of us like me, it's, it's not a big change in my lifestyle. Uh, if anything, I'm, I'm less pressured to do the social stuff, but there's some people who are struggling with that lack of human connection now. Yeah. That human touch is so important and it's hard. I saw a, a post yesterday, one of my friends, there was a picture and he was looking through the glass door and he took a picture of his of his father, who's 98, and his father's in a senior community, and it's locked down. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said, "I just," he said, "I," he said, "I cried because I couldn't give my father a hug, right?" But for obvious reasons, they're they're being really careful about anybody who who gets access to that place. Yeah. And yeah. so you know, so what? I heard the thing of don't do uh, social uh, distancing. Do physical distancing right yeah. and so we got to replace this with with text and phone and zoom and facetime and all of those things uh, i actually think that especially for families that are disconnected geographically uh, those families are coming back together right now because they are connecting and getting on zoom together and you know and having family time like they never had before because they've got the time to do it yeah, I, I've had my kids who are, uh, I've got kids out of work, uh, work at some of the resort ski areas and their school has stopped or at least gone online. And so I've got kids home. I think I'd say I've only got two that aren't, that aren't home and they're not too far off. And that has been a gift. Uh, absolutely been such a gift. I'm so grateful. Here's Jennifer, uh, Beller Carey. She says negative. I work in healthcare as an outpatient provider. I just saw five of my colleagues get laid off. Never in healthcare have I seen this. Uh, the positive, although reduced hours, I get to continue to work. I also get lots more time at home. Um, this, but this is hard, hard for individuals, businesses, and America. Uh, right, right with that, Amber Hendricks, she says, positive people are focusing more on the positive things in their community and smaller communities are growing stronger because of it. Our business has taken a big hit, but the community we are in has been wonderful in supporting us through orders and generous tips. I see neighbors helping each other out, sharing supplies and lots of laughs to go around. The negatives, we don't have downtime because we're a food truck and we try to get out as much as possible in a safe manner, new gloves for every transaction, wiping down our credit card pad after every use. And it's very difficult to find food in quantities uh, that we need to sell because of the hoarding. Uh, going shopping is mentally, is so mentally exhausting now. Which, yeah, we're back to that, you know, anxiety of that. But I appreciate her saying there I, there, I have seen a lot of outpouring of serving. It's given people, if nothing else, just time, the need, but even just time to serve other people in a way that our busy life seems like has primarily gone by the wayside for most of us. And if we do help, it's just easy to write a check. We don't actually do it hands on. So again, where's that gonna, 
know, what's the, 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 the positive, I couldn't call it a fall up, the fall, the fall up, not the fall out, fall in of some of these good, positive things, Tom. I hope it, hope it makes a difference. Yeah. I've got two stories I've seen on that. Um, there's a church in Dallas. There's probably a lot of churches, a lot of churches doing this, but, uh, I think it was, uh, park city's Presbyterian or I, I could be wrong on that, but what they did is they realized that a lot of people who had been getting meals were no longer getting meals because of the shutdown. And so what the church did is they hired private caterers who lost all their business. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So instead of them producing the food themselves or bringing a bunch of volunteers in, they just as they just took some of their money and said, "Hey, we'll pay you as caterers, you small businesses, to go and provide these meals to the people who still need them but have lost their access." Yeah. Um, and then I've got another friend who's a he's a small farmer. He has a a nursery and kind of a I call it. Uh, a happy chicken, happy cow farm, you know, it's all natural yeah. and organic and free range. And he moves them to the pastures. And, and, um, so they've, his primary market has been to restaurants and, and food and, and food, uh, resellers. And now they're getting covered up with individuals. He said, one of the, his, his, the people doing that, um, they were doing in one day, seven times the business they would normally do. Wow. And the crazy thing is that people were writing like long thank you notes, like with tears of gratitude. Hey, I appreciate what you do. And, and yesterday I did a webinar for, uh, the Texas FFA, mm -hmm. uh, foundation board and, and all of these, uh, ag agricultural science teachers and students were on from all over Texas. And one of the interesting things that's happening is really the back, the, 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 uns, you know, the unsung heroes right now, when you think of America are getting all the credit, that's their frontline healthcare providers like nurses. And it's our farmers yeah, who, who are figuring it out, how to keep the supply chain going. And, and, you know, we just can't have more gratitude and thankfulness for the people who really have done this. And, you know, people, you ask kids today in an urban setting, you know, uh, where does broccoli come from? You know, they'll be like, yeah. they'll either say, well, what's broccoli or, <laughs> yeah. or the grocery store, right? Yeah. They just, they just don't have an understanding of where it comes from and, and people are getting reconnected to that. So that's a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rachel here, she says the positive, the air quality has gotten tremendously better and I'm forced to use my mind to be more creative and see opportunity in this adversity. But that, uh, people aren't aware. Yeah, it's been significant. Started in China seeing, oh my goodness, the drastic change for the better in the air quality, the lack of pollution from the normal businesses pumping it out and cars driving. Uh, I, I've seen some on that, Tom. I didn't go look up the details as far as America, what we're seeing, but it makes me think back just to you and talking about atmosphere. You know, what are the positives we're going to see, not just in the air quality of the air we breathe, but just of our surroundings, our environment. Again, I'm, I'm really enamored with this forced slowing down and a significant hope that we find we rediscover the benefit of not going so fast. And yeah, it was show, I think uh, 676, uh, I'm sorry, 677 
with John Mark Comer, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I, again, I'm going to come back to that, folks. It is such a tremendous book. Talk about a great book to support what is happening right now and ask that question. What do you want, what normal do you want to go back to? Or is this a time to proactively change your normal? Obviously, some people are going to be reacting to work and things. We don't know what normal is going to look like. But as far as our pace of life, Tom, and I have a strong hope for that one. Yep. And I'm, you know, that is a fantastic question. What is the normal, whatever that is that we want to go back to? I'm, I, re- I listen to a podcast called Freakonomics wow. and the air quality thing came up. So everybody remembers the Olympics in Beijing. I think that was what, 2008. Anyway, China said, gosh, we're going to be the showcase of the world. And they had horrific pollution in Beijing. Mm. So they basically shut down the factories. They dramatically increased the price of gasoline and diesel. They did all these things. And in about an eighth-month period, they reduced the air pollution in that area by 30%. And, of course, the scientific research nerds, they went in and studied it. And all the data points to that in Beijing that – during that time frame, the mortality rate that they actually measured, this isn't like, I wonder if, this is measurable mm-hmm. in very young people, newborns and, and children under three, and then older people, it went down to the extent that that eight-month focused reduce, uh, reduction in pollution <laughs> resulted in 50,000 fewer deaths. Wow. Wow. 50,000. And so they're applying that same data to the pollution level that happened in Wuhan, which I think if you're on the internet, you've probably seen those satellite photos of the pollution index in that area of the country. And so what's interesting to me is if that is true, and it's probably true at some relative statistical relationship, that means that there have been there will be a net gain in lives in Wuhan because of the virus just on the pollution side alone and that's that's a crazy thing it's to a think crazy about. and harsh reality yeah yeah but you know and then right now my big concern for our country and for everybody listening to this is man we got to do we got to stay safe we we got to do everything we can we got to take this really really serious but it's that expect the best mindset yeah. that's my big concern because I think that the toll emotionally and psychologically from, from suicide and depression and addiction and all the things that happen when people spiral down may end up being the biggest like medical cost that we see out of this. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that piece right there is something that if, if we go into it, understanding that that's a possibility and a reality and we start changing our thinking, we can head that off. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I learned a new term. There's a, there's a term called post-traumatic growth. Huh. <laughs> so in a certain number of people who, who encounter a traumatic situation, their mindset is such that they immediately learn from it and use it as a positive. Mm-hmm. In other words, they retrain their brain, they change their thought process around it, 
and it becomes something that allows them to grow. And that's a really thing because a lot of people, uh, our conditioning is with PTSD, those horrific things that happen and cause that is we don't have a choice, right? But the reality is, is if we know resiliency skills and we know how to, yeah. how to control our mind and how to change that, we do have a choice. It doesn't mean that what we're going through isn't hard or that it might have some, some consequences that we really don't want, but it does mean that we have a lot of control and ability to do that, to, to overcome that. Traumatic stress growth, is that what you said? Uh, yeah. Uh, post-traumatic stress growth is what you said. Yeah. 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 Post-traumatic stress. Folks, that right there, that, that, that was worth the price of admission right there. We'll, we'll, we'll end on that one. That is, I mean, there are some things for all of us, pretty much everybody, things are happening to you. And I keep pondering, what can we do to happen to this situation and come out, come out better? It's pithy to say, but what choice do we have? We're going to come out worse or better. And it's what we do, how we view it. Um, and folks, if you want to read more of these, I, I don't know how many we got through 10, 15. And there is, as I'm looking here now, it's like there's 76 responses. If you find me on Facebook at agent K Miller, it is the March 25th, 2020 post. And there's still responses coming in and a lot of people responding to each other with compassion or collaboration. Even I put some, I put some fitness professionals together who were struggling with this to talk and brainstorm. So I'd be honored for you to come over there and see where you can find some uh, comfort and maybe offer some solutions as well. Tom brother, interesting times. We may find ourselves back here in a, a week or weeks talking about the fruition of what is happening right now. Uh, but just a gift to see so many positives and so much, uh, so much love and growth from people. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Brother. Love you. Love what you do. You guys stay safe. You, you got a whole, uh, you could be, if, if you know what, you've got a whole family, uh, in our prayers. So uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. We covet yeah. them. Take care. All right, folks, I'll restate the topic at hand. When this COVID-19 crisis abates, is it back to business and life as normal, maybe even more accelerated, or do you want to go back to what is normal, realizing some, you know, there's some work in businesses that can't, and that's going to be really difficult. But the main point, what do you want your new normal to be? That question and exercise right there may be the primary benefit we can all gain from this crisis. Coming up in episode 773, showing up for your own life, fear, being stuck. Everyone can relate to those issues and it's not where we want to be. We can become woefully taken out of our life by those by those aspects. Jennifer Allwood is going to join us and she just provides a breath of fresh air to this issue. And she does it by relating and commiserating and really having compassion. You cannot fully eradicate fear from your life. And she's not going to be one of those people espousing that or just grit your teeth and try harder, but you can manage it and move forward anyway. Jennifer cites, you can have emotions, feel emotions, recognize emotions, but still do big, hard and scary things in spite of those emotions. It was just an incredibly uh, fun-filled and inspirational talk with Jennifer. Well, that and more coming up in episode 773. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.